to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across the genres talking about the one thing we're all bound by, books. Hello, my name is Sherry Hayes, and today I am joined by my fellow co-host, Danielle Bannister. Welcome, Danielle. Hello, hello. <laughs> yes, today we wanted to talk to you about uh a little tool that uh, most readers and authors maybe might not think about when they're putting a book together. And that is the exciting topic of time management. Right? Yes. I mean, writing the book is one thing. It is one hurdle to just get the book down. But kind of a really major part of that process is time management. Well, you're not only talking about your time management in writing the book, but also marketing the book. Because that's a whole other time management issue. Yeah. Um, Because I mean, you have to, you have, and a lot of times you're juggling both at the same time for two separate books. Oh, at least two separate books. Yeah. I mean, I know you, you, Danielle, you tend to write like what, five books at the same time? I do so how you how you keep track of that? I have no idea. Time management. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. We no, all know so, you are the planner of the group. I mean, I, out of I the am. five of us, you are like the total planner. I mean, we we just to give you you all, all of our listeners a little bit of an insight. Um, <laughs> whenever we need to plan something like in the future in our our group of five authors. Everybody looks to Danielle and goes, Danielle, could you please plan that out for us? Could you please right. put that in the calendar? <laughs> because she's on top of you. it. She is on top of it. Yes. So yes. you have to be for five to keep five books juggling in the air yes. at one time. Yes. Well, and see, and that and it's something that I've learned over time. When I when I first started writing, I literally wrote just the one book. I would start on one project and I did it from start to finish, and it would take me a year to write a book start to finish. And then I could only ever release a book a year. And readers don't like it when you only put out a book a year. They want it. I mean, you've I'm taken a year, right? You've taken a year to write this yeah. masterpiece and somebody reads it in two hours. And they're like, when's the next one coming out? I know. Next year? I know. I- I know. I'm like, I get that all the time. I'll be like, I actually, one time, I can't even remember which book it was, but I released this book. And of course it released, it dropped on Amazon at like, I don't know, midnight, two, three o'clock, something like that. Cause I actually think this was before they were allowing uh, independent authors to do pre-orders. Oh, probably. So yeah, I've been publishing for a while. So have you, Uh, We remember those times a long, long time and times ago when we couldn't do some stuff that we can do now. Um, But I believe it dropped at like two or three in the morning. And of course I was asleep, but I woke up and at 6 a.m. One of my readers had posted on my Facebook page that they had finished the book. And I'm like, what do you mean you finished the book? Yeah. And I was like, you finished it? And she's like, oh yeah, I like, it, it got on my Kindle at like 3 a.m., but I decided to stay up and read it. And I got it done in like two and a half hours. I'm When's going, the next one coming? Yeah. It only took me like 
six months to write that. So, um, yeah, get back exactly. to me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's a, pro- I mean, there's the, the writing of it for one thing, but then you've got to edit it and then you've mm-hmm. got to format it. And there's a lot of pieces. It takes some time. So the only way that I could actually release more than one title at in a year was that I had to be working on several titles at once. So I'll be writing a first draft of one book and I'll be in a second draft of another and maybe a fourth draft of another. So everything is sort of moving along at different clicks so that there's one that's always nearing release and one that's just beginning. So that's sort of how I can get away with it. Now that's another difference, I think, between the two of us, a big difference Mm. is that um, well, not only are you a plotter and I am a total pantser, like I, again, out of our entire, we're like, Danielle and I are the two extremes we of are. our group, okay? She is like the ultimate planner and I am the ultimate not planner. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, she plans out her book. She does, how many drafts do you do? Five drafts? I do book? like four or five drafts depending on the book, yeah. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I don't, I actually I know you're, you're, you're like one, one draft and then it, yeah. Yeah. I edit. Well, I edit as I go. And, uh, occasionally once I'm finished, I may go back and skim through certain sections. Yeah. Um, and you know, tweak little citrus, tweak certain scenes. However, I do not do multiple drafts. My editor gets, you know, well, and some writers can do it. that. Some writers can come out with the content as how they want it the first time around. I produce word vomit the first time around. <laughs> so I can't produce that first draft because it's crap. So, <laughs> so you, so basically when you write, you are writing, you are an overwriter. So you're, you're paring down in your drafts. Is that what I'm kind of getting? Uh, what, I, I, what I'll write is is mostly dialogue in my first drafts, mostly uh, how the characters are interacting, because that's what I'm really focused on. I want to know how the characters are interacting with each other. So I, I wrote, write it almost like a play at first, and then in subsequent drafts, wonder like, why okay. that is. <laughs> and then in, in in later drafts, I'll start going. Okay, maybe we need to start adding some scenery or some clothing or you know what is what else is in this scene beside these two people and then it's it's word crafting it's you know yeah the sentence was okay but can i make it stronger have i used this word a plethora of times could i maybe change it with something else so those third and fourth drafts those are like the nitpicky things like can i make the sentences stronger can i make the paragraph stronger it's not necessarily putting in plot details at that point it's just it's the fine tuning of things which i could continue to do that forever you know but at some point you get you get so sick of your book that you have to go all right it's either going in the trash or it's going to the editor and that's when you know at least that's what i know <laughs> it's ready to go to the editor is when i hate done. The book. i'm done it's, it's it's doing what it's doing you take um, it i'm done <laughs> yeah see i'm i'm a, how i do it normally <clears throat> is I write, uh, I write thing and I edit as I go. So I write it. And then once that chapter is done, I will usually stop writing for the day. And then the Mm -hmm. fall, the next day, I, next time I pick up my book and start working on it, which isn't always the next day because I'm, my life is absolutely insane. Um, (laughs) 
I will usually go back and reread the chapter that I wrote previously, and I will make any type of tweaks or adjustments at that point, especially if I did uh, make any um, like repetitious words or things like that. Uh, I'll switch, you know, switch some structures around. Um, but after that, I rarely will go back and look at that chapter ever again. Yeah, it, it's and, done. And that's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> valid way to approach it. I'm not saying that one approach is is right and yeah. one approach is every writer approaches it yeah. a little bit differently. Yeah. My my first drafts tend to I tend not to edit. I tend to just go. I just go. The gas is on, and then the second draft is where I have mm. to fix all of my messes. I've tried sort of editing as I go, and then I'll just end up re-editing the first three chapters over and over again, and I I can't get past <laughs> it, so I can't get out of my own way. I just I I, I yeah. And I, how can I edit something if I don't know quite how it's going to end? So for me, for the way my brain works, is that I have to see the whole story before mm. I can go back and tweak the things but again eh, yeah. every author is different in how they work um so you you mentioned the, you mentioned uh the, the difference between uh pantsing and plotting and for those who might not know what pantsing is pantsing is basically you write by the seat of your pants you have no idea where you're going you sit in the chair and you just start to write and that's how I started writing I didn't know anything about plotting when I first started writing I wrote probably four or five books that way without without so I, I understand how pantsing works I've done it um, the cleanup for me was uh, the cleanup drafts were really hard because I was meandering. I didn't have a path. I'm, I'm the sort of driver who yeah. would get lost on a, without a map. So mm. for me, that's yeah. what plotting is for me. It's like, okay, here's the map. I can, I it's, can it's your road. Vary. Map. Yeah. It's my roadmap. Yeah. I can kind of go off track, but I know where I need to go. So it's, it's just and, a different yeah. thing. Yeah. And see, I'm, I'm completely the opposite because right. When I, I actually had to convince my high school English teacher to allow me to write a paper without writing the plot, uh, the outline first. Oh, because you're the envy of every student. No student has ever gotten away with that in the history of time. <laughs> well, I told her, I, I said it, it because I would, I knew myself well enough. I mean, this again, this is high school. This right. is not, you know, junior high or elementary school. Okay. Wrote, I'd written a few papers since, right. you know, she, she in had my got time. a sense of your style. Yeah. And, right. And what I found was I would, because usually in school, you would have to turn, you would have to write the outline. You'd have to turn that in. You would get graded on that. They would return that to you with right. their notes. Yep. And then you would write then the you'd paper have to write the off paper. of a thing. So, but what I would find is that my final paper had nothing to do with the outline my the way my brain would work when I was outlining was not the same way my brain worked when I was writing the paper and it didn't matter if it was a research paper or if it was a uh, creative writing paper right. it's just my brain did not it was like they were only it was almost like two different sections of my brain were you know too. one was writing the outline right. and one was writing the you know the paper and so I finally explained to her I said go back and look at my in my previous work my outlines do not match my papers they they don't because I can start off all well and good trying to follow the outline that I wrote right and I always like by 
the cut first couple of chapters, I'm off on, I'm off in a completely different direction. Right. And it's so not you, like it doesn't make sense, but you it, need it, to be able to, to, to meander. meander. Right. And, and, and yeah. that's, that's absolutely true for some writers. It's, it's a completely unique story. Um, in terms of, uh, I'm curious because maybe this, maybe as somebody who meanders, this is less of an issue, but I have a feeling it's not. Um, going back to sort of that, that time management piece, the time management of a story really kicks in like the second you get a story idea because you have to figure out, you know, great idea pops into your head. You have to stop and think, do I have time to write this story given my current releases that I'm already working on? And if I do have the time, when <laughs> do I have the time? Mm -hmm. Now, as somebody who meanders, do you, do you sort of time out when you're going to write certain stories or do you sort of just write whenever the inspiration strikes you on whatever project might strike you? Um, I just typically pick a project and I barrel through it. I don't, um, I don't have multiple projects going at one time. I write one project at the time. Um, mainly because for me, when I'm writing, it's like, in my head. I'm, I'm sitting down, watching the movie play in my head and typing it down on a page. So I can't have five different movies going on in my head with five different flags, especially since I don't know typically what's going to happen that far in advance. Right. Like I can, I may know that somewhere in the story, I want the characters to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, right. you know, whatever it is. But I have no idea when that's going to be. I couldn't tell you if that's going to be a chapter ahead of right. where I'm at right. or if it's going to be 10 chapters ahead. Right. And it, it's always possibility that it just won't work for the story by the time I get to a point and it doesn't exist. I mean, my fighting in a series is a perfect example of that because for those who've been following me for a really long time, um, they'll know that my Finding Anna series was only ever supposed to, well, I shouldn't say it was only supposed to be four books, but it was supposed to end after the fourth book. When I started the story, I had no idea. I knew it was going to be multiple books, but I did right. not know how many books it was going to be. But by the time I got to the end of the third book, I was like, okay, I can wrap this, you know, I can wrap this up in one more book. Um, it's probably going to be a long book, but I can wrap this up in, in one more book. Mm -hmm. And it was a long book. It was 147,000 words. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> huge book. And right. for those of you who are not familiar with romance titles, the average that's, romance book is usually between 60 and 80,000 yeah, words. That's, so this that's was 147. A big, that's a big romance, honey. Big. So size matters. Uh, <laughs> it does. And... Uh, <laughs> Hmm. Okay. I'm making her choke on her own spit. That is the oh raw my talent. Goodness. So, and you would, and you'd be surprised. I am, I am surprisingly easy to embarrass given what I write. Given what you write. Yeah. That given is, what yeah. I write, I am right. surprisingly, and, and I'm so, and I am like, for those of you who are listening on the podcast and not watching on YouTube, I am about as white as white can get, okay? I used to get made fun of in school, in elementary school, because I was so pale. So when I blush, you know it. You know it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, my when I 
when I wrote my Finding in a series, it was supposed to end with the fourth book. So I knew at the end of book three that I should be able to wrap it up. However, <laughs> I did not know how the story was going to end until about three quarters of the way through the fourth book. So I had no idea. Yeah. And um, of course that went all out the window because after I finished that book, I had reader after reader after reader begging me to write more, which two, two years, almost two years ago now, I did release the fifth book in the series. So I got rid of the, ep- I actually took the epilogue out of the fourth book. Um, and there's, <laughs> there's a danger in an epilogue, ladies and gentlemen, there's, there's, I, I just, I know, I know that sometimes readers really love an epilogue in a story because they love to have the story tied up nice and neat. They like to know that their characters are happy ever after. But what that does is it kills the story. That's it. You're done. There's no more story to be had. You have wrapped that up so that now the author cannot go back and easily create more story for you. So when you get an epilogue, that usually means there ain't no more. So be careful right. what you wish for. <laughs> Continue. Right. <laughs> right. No, that's okay. So I and so anyway, because yeah, because with that epilogue, I had jumped ahead five years. So I had done well four years. Uh, it was five years since the beginning of the series. Right. Um, and and so I had to take it out because I'm like, I don't want to jump ahead five years. And because we missed because in that epilogue, I had so much information, so many things had happened. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to continue the series, oh my goodness, I can't talk. Yeah, you're giving um, away all the plot yeah. in this epilogue. You can't write right. anymore because you've given it away. Exactly. So I had to get rid of the epilogue in order to think. So I have actually had a couple of people tell me like, I was a little confused with, with change because <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't fit, but it does. It's just, it happens before the epilogue. Right. It Welcome was, to writer you know, mistakes when we go, crap, we shouldn't have done that thing. Well, again, no. though, I had I had every intention of it being done and moving on, but readers it was readers, more. yeah, the readers, readers sometimes and it was kind of you and Tina kind of touched on that a little bit what? in your your episode last week. Yeah, yeah, that, that where was... you know, Apple, readers really do have a lot more power than 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 they really th- they think they do sometimes yeah, because they, they do. They can if there is enough reader interest in continuing a storyline or exploring a storyline, an author or writer, whether it be in books or TV or in movies, is compelled to, you know, to actually follow what the readers want. I mean, Tina, she started her uh, writing her reverse harem story Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of reader interest. Um, The whole reason I got into writing, which was uh, with prison break and them killing off a character, readers or watchers, I should say, um, were up in arms because they killed off this character and they ended up bringing her back. Right. You know, they, you know, pretended like her death was, you know, you know, didn't really happen that all it was a setup, you know, a conspiracy type thing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, readers do have a lot of, lot of influence. And again, I had no, no plans to write anymore in my finding in a series. As far as I was concerned, Stephanie Brianna's story was done. And now 
I luckily I didn't wrap things up completely with change because I now have readers asking me if there's going to be a sixth book. So, so there will there, most likely be a sixth book. There, there it is. And and that's and that's a, that's a kind of an important thing to lift up too, is that if there's a series of books that you like, it's important uh not to wait until the series is complete to start reading them because if or an to leave author, reviews if an author is like writing a series and nobody reads them because they're waiting for it to be done the reader is uh, the writer is going oh nobody likes this series nobody's reading it i guess i'll wrap yeah. it up and so you've essentially killed the series that you might have really enjoyed because so it's I, I do it though too yeah. though with, with like Netflix shows and stuff. There are shows I'm like, oh, I want to wait until it's all out. But then if there's not enough support for the show, the show gets canceled. So it's <laughs> we have yeah. we have to be careful in that way. And, um, and the thing is, is with with books, it's it's almost even more so because you know the with indie publishing with self publishing if there's not enough people buying the books and reading the earlier books in the series, you know, it costs, you know, self-published authors out of their own pocket to, you know, edit and for book covers and marketing and all of that. But it also, if you're with a publisher, it costs them that same money. Yeah, absolutely. So, if a, you know, when you're, when you're self-published, you do have to look at it as a business and as a, uh, a cost benefit analysis. So if you're, I mean, I don't know many, I mean, there are some authors that are just doing this as a hobby, right? They're just right. doing it because they enjoy it. But right. most authors are hoping to be able to make a living at it at some point. And at least that make means, back their costs of what goes right. into the book. And if they're not making back what they put into it, the author can right. afford to keep producing the work that you love. So it's important. Exactly. So Read and buy support, support. Read and buy not pirate sites because authors don't see a red cent from a pirated site. We see nothing of that. And so we can't pay our editors. We can't pay our cover designers. We can't pay formatters. We can't write more books. So it's very important to do that. We got right. wildly off topic there, but I'm we gonna got so gonna, off topic. Yes. I'm yes. going to steer us back as the planner of the group. <laughs> Um, we were talking about time management and you've been in this business probably about as long as I have, a long time. So we've had a long time to sort of figure out things that work in terms of time management for us personally and things that just do nothing for us. So I want to know what is your best time management strategy or skill that you have learned for yourself over the years? What works best for you? Okay. So this is actually something that is fairly recent because I have been try I have tried so many different options over the years because I again I'm not a planner so it's very very difficult for me to get too far in the weeds and plan too far ahead it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. So <laughs> first of all I am a paper planner girl. Digital planners do not work for me. I'm the same. I like to write it down. It's not, yeah. Well, it's not only just writing it down. I like to check it off. Yes. yes. <laughs> I like to 
like to be able to put that nice little check mark right beside the, the task yes. and be able to, to do that. So yes. that's, that's the first thing. I, I am a paper planner girl, but it doesn't really matter if you are a digital planner person, more power to you, find what works for you. It doesn't matter. Um, but the other thing that I, I was recently watching a YouTuber called, uh, I believe her name is uh, The Minimal Mom. I think she's a she's a mem- minimalist type thing, which had nothing to do with this particular episode and how I found her. She was talking about planning and about getting things done and all of that stuff. And one of the things that she, you know, she advocated for, and I've been trying out, and it seems to be working very very well, is she said to pick three tasks per day that you want to get done above mm. anything else, yeah. just three. Don't, don't pick more than three, just three. And I amazingly have found that most days I am able to get those three things done. Now there are occasions, right. There have been, there have been occasions where I've only gotten two, but still I've gotten two of the three. Yeah. And that's better than what I would have probably gotten things. So she, she advocated making a, um, kind of a catch-all list. So just making a huge list of everything you, you need to get done and you can add to it as you things come up. Sure. And then at the end of the day or at the beginning of the, of the day, whichever works for you, if you do your planning a day ahead or not, I do my planning. I'll, I'll sit down the night before and I make my, make all my things for the next day because my days, my, my life is so crazy that if I plan too far ahead, it just goes out the window anyway. Right. So I sit down in the evening and plan out my next day as far as picking my three. And I go through my huge list and I'm like, okay, what, what are my priorities for the, for tomorrow? Like, is there something that has a time, you know, is it, isn't a time crunch, you know, it's something that I need to get done tomorrow or this week or something like that. Or is there something else that I need to, you know, they can be pushed off or just worked in. It works really well. And plus I love to-do lists. I'm a big to-do list person. And again, I think it's that marking that off. And I am also an advocate when you make your to-do lists, be as specific as possible. Do not make this huge, this huge to-do of like, like clean my office. No, 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 no. Make it, make it smaller, achievable goals. I try to keep my, my tasks down to 15 minute increments Mm. because now, I mean, there are a few occasions that that can't work, right? You know, writing in 15 minute increments doesn't usually work, right? right. (laughs) But if it's, if it's something to do with marketing or, uh, non-actual physical writing, yeah. I try to keep those tasks down to 15 minutes or less because again, my life is crazy and I can't guarantee that I'm going to have a solid hour <laughs> to do anything. Yeah. I mean, just I getting a solid hour in to do writing in a day is, is challenging enough, be. but yeah. you know, but working everything around. And it's amazing though, if you just pick three tasks every day, yeah. do you want to tackle how much you can actually get accomplished. It's, it's good to start small. Yeah. 
It really is. So what about you? What are, what are some of your um, time management tips? Oh, well, I guess the, the thing that works the best for me, the, the, the way that I can write five different projects at once is I've over the years learned how to look sort of at like a five-year goal, like a five-year sort of release plan and go, okay, these are the stories that I want to release. I know that maybe I want to release three things in a year, maybe. Um, I might not know what they are yet, but I might know, you know what, I haven't written a a young adult in a while. So that's probably due to come or whatever. So just doing like a a 12 month plan five times (laughs) for each year and then working backwards from that and going, okay, what's, what's closest to being ready? That one can release first. And then working backwards, finding a, a lease month and then going, okay, three months from there, I need to book my editor. Four months from that day, I need to book my you know, yeah. cover designer. And just sort of working backwards from a release date instead of working from the start of the story to where it ends. If you work backwards from when the date is that you want to release, you you have a better lineup of, of where things are and you can plan out smarter of when things need to be done instead of going, oh crap, I didn't book the editor and it's supposed to be a cover reveal next month. So that's something that took me a long time was like the, the benefit of that wide lens and then just from that narrowing it down to achievable daily tasks you know going from the monthly that's goals actually to the a very goals. yeah that's an interesting way of looking at it and I think that's a really smart way of looking at it of boy working backwards yeah because I have seen so many authors fall into the trap of getting the book done and then oh my goodness I my editor can't get me in I need an editor I need to find somebody yeah. and then they're trying to squeeze this editor edit just into like yeah. a week yeah. And you're you getting know, an edit the job that's maybe not the best that it could be, or you're working with somebody that you don't, you haven't vetted and. Yeah. Yeah. So working yeah. backwards and, and, you know, and allowing yourself a little bit of flexibility. Don't. Yeah. yeah. I, again, the, uh, the other thing I've seen a lot of authors do, and these are, uh, some of these are newer authors and some of them are veteran authors and some veteran authors do it and they know what they're doing. They, they do it to themselves, I right. think almost intentionally, Right. but they give themselves such a narrow window. Some people really everything need done. an intense deadline. That would, yeah. that would cause me so much anxiety, <laughs> but some people love a deadline and that's how they can get their most stuff done. I get it, but yeah. oh, I couldn't do that. Some yeah, people that's... will book the editor and go, okay, I'm going to write the book the week before it's due. Yes, I do. <gasps> I actually, there was an author that I knew and she would write a book in two weeks. Just, oh, she would write for heart. 10 hours a day, oh. two weeks straight. Oh, I can't do it. I was like, How that's too much braining. The- My brain oh, hurts. Do you do that? My brain yeah. hurts. That, that's, that's painful. That, that's, that's what I don't understand. I was like, because to me, it's such a creative. And again, I, I assume, I mean, you can tell me because you're a plotter, but I always assumed it's because I'm a pantser and I am coming up with a story on the spot. So it's a lot of creative energy mm-hmm. going into that. And after, after an hour or two, I'm usually I'm toast, drained. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I just 
need need a break. Yeah. I cannot imagine writing for 10 hours straight. Yeah. That just and for two weeks, right. for 14 days right. doing right. that. Right. Yeah. And the type of uh, plotting, the type of plotting I do isn't like the intense like outlining and stuff. I basically have beats that I typically will hit in a story and I follow that. So I look, you know, it'd be like, oh, okay, this is the midpoint. This is when certain things will happen in my story. I don't know necessarily what they are, but I know that they mm. need to happen. So I guess I'm maybe like a hybrid of a pantser or a plotter. Like I know that, okay, all right, this is generally what needs to happen here, but I, I don't know how I'm going to get there yet. And what I will do is once I've written it in the, the story, I will jot down a shorthand in every book that I write. I have like a, a journal that has the, the outline in it that tells me what happened so that when I'm going back and doing revisions, I'll be like, oh, did I actually write that they did that? Or what day did I say that they did that or whatever? And th so this is a way to help my brain remember the things that I wrote. And it helps, it's, it's really great in writing a synopsis after, if you've ever had to written a synopsis, which is the whole summary of a story. This is essentially you're writing yourself a synopsis as you go. So that's helped immensely just with synopsis writing. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the back jacket of a book. It's a completely different beast. Um, it's hard to sum up an entire novel. See, I'm good at the back jacket. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm not so good at it. I'm not so good at it. <laughs> that is I'm probably so one of, that is, I don't know why it your is. special skill. I, you should put it on your resume. I, I, I actually find it fun. Don't ask me why, but I think it's fun. I was you actually officially are the blurb writer for everybody in our marketing group. So. I know I am. I you am. Are. Everybody's like, you are. Everybody's like, like hey, give, give here, here's blurb. I'm the planner of the group yeah. and you are the blurb writer. Um, we yeah. all have our own special skills in our group. <laughs> it, it really, really, really is. So, so I we mean, just, we talked about the best thing about time management. What is sort of the worst thing time management wise that any advice that you've been given that you've tried and go, you know what, the sucks, I hate it. Has there been anything? Uh, worst time management. I've been given a lot of bad time management advice. Uh, yes. I'm trying to see right. what would be the worst. Uh, or, or maybe just something that didn't advice. work for you. It well, might be all, great plot, for somebody else. First of all, plotting don't work for me. So we, 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 that is a time management skill. If you can plot in it theory, is. it's supposed to help with your time management. Right. 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 Um, one of the other things I would say is, um, putting basically doing your planner in a like timed way. So mm. like at nine o'clock, I'm right. doing this at right. 10 o'clock. I'm yeah. doing this at, you know, I, again, it doesn't work for me because my right. life is too incredibly crazy. And I know I'm saying that a lot. For listeners who do not know and don't follow me on my uh, my reader group, especially because they know a little, I, I talk to them, I guess, a little bit more in, or my newsletter. Mm -hmm. But my husband and I actually own and run a woodworking business. So you are very, while very I, busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so very I not busy. only. I only deal with the writing stuff, but right. I also deal with clients for that. And I also deal with, uh, I actually go out in the, in my husband's wood shop and help him uh, build projects. So I am constantly yeah. going in and out and back and forth, uh, yeah. doing multiple, multiple responsibilities for multiple 
uh, businesses at the same time. Yeah. So for me, that's why to-do lists work so much better yeah. uh, because I can just say, okay, today I want to get them all these things. You know, I, this is, this is my goal. I mean, I've got these three and top you're not priorities. constrained by, oh, it's nine 30. And I said, I was going to do this at eight. I'm a failure. Right. And I get so much more done yeah. if I can just, because the thing is, is sometimes I'll, you know, I may think that it's going to take me a half hour to do something and it may take me 10 take, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. I may think it's going to take me 15 minutes to do something and it takes me an hour. Exactly. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, I don't, or, I don't know, have a time in my planner either. I, I refuse to have planners that have times. So don't box me in planner. Oh, it, it actually my even, even the planner I have, I, okay. So the planner I had, cause I try, I have tried several planners over Same. the years. Same. And the most common planners that I have found are they do give you the, the entire week on one page or mm -hmm. they break the week up onto two pages. Yeah. Okay. That does not work for me you need at like all a day at a time. I need a day. Mm -hmm. I actually had to special order a planner. I'm telling you there is a market for that. I because I couldn't find it in yeah. the stores. I had to special yeah. order this planner yeah. to do a day at a time because yeah. for me, that's, that works best. So again, bad, bad planner advice, in my opinion, was having the small things because I think a lot of people aren't putting their to-do lists out. They're doing those kind of on separate sheets of paper. Whereas yeah. for me, I need one place where everything is everything lives in one place. Yeah, I need yeah. to know because this way, if I have an appointment that has a specific time, I can write down that specific time yeah. Yeah. on that planner, and then I can work my to do list yeah. around yeah. the planner. And so some I people think like to only see the the day's tasks. They don't want to see the rest of the week. They don't want to stress about what's happening yeah. next week. They only want to see this is what I need to do today. I, I get it. I get it. Well, again, okay. though, because my, it goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier, because my days change so much and I, ha so I can't really plan more than a day ahead. Right. So for me to see the whole week is completely useless. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. useless. I mean, if I need to like glance and see what I'm doing on Thursday, I can, you know, flip a couple pages and see what I'm doing on Thursday. Right. right. But it this doesn't make you write sense. in pencil so you can erase it. <laughs> I never put anything in ink in my planner. It's all pencil. Um, See, I do write it in ink, but again, I only do it. Some people do that. But but again, I only write. I only typically do a day ahead of time, unless it's unless it's a an actual like physical appointment, like a doctor's appointment or a vet's appointment or something like that. Right. Those are the only things that get time things in mind. So are you? So how? What about you? What's the worst? time oh, management I, advice it's, it's not it's not a bad time management advice it works really well for a lot of people it just does mm -hmm. not work for me I cannot do a daily word count I just cannot mm. do a word count it stresses me out it makes me anxious like what every time NaNoWriMo comes around it is the most stress I am ever at as a writer because it is word-based factored mm -hmm. and it's like I can't it's it's too much pressure I want to just be able to write the chapter goal that I've set for myself or whatever I've set for myself. So a word count goal, it's huge for a lot of people. A lot of people will, will base how successful their writing day was based on their word count. For me is, did I get my chapter done? 
if I got my chapter done or started or something, I'm good. Yeah. See, I I am, I like word count goals, but I'm not married to them. Yeah. You know, I I may say, I want to try to write a thousand words today, or Mm -hmm. I may try to, you know, I want to try to write, because I don't know how, how big are your chapters typically? Um, anywhere about 2000, probably two to two to 3000, depending on the genre. But yeah, if it's a novella, it's a little shorter. It's 1500 if it's a novella, okay. but yeah. Okay. Yeah, my, so. All right. My, my chapters usually are right around 3000. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it depends. Take. Yeah. It depends. Fantasy is um, going to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. 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 So a lot of times I will divide when I, when I was sit down to do word count goals, I'll divide it into two. So my word count goal will be 1500 words. I'll get, cause I, yeah. I typically with books will switch off half the, half the chapter will be in the heroine's point of view and half the chapter will be in the hero's point of view. So yeah. if I sit down and do like, okay, my word count goal is 1500 words. Um, basically what I'm saying is my goal is to finish the section for that character yeah that in that set down. So that's usually how I try to shoot for it. But again, you know, that usually takes me an hour to an hour and a half if I'm in a really good zone uh, with all my self editing. So, so yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes that doesn't always happen because, you know, things get in the way or I get called away, but yeah. So, well, (laughs) <laughs> we kind of went down several rabbit holes we did. today, didn't we? We did. We, we always did. do that. We do. Well, it's, it's, this is part of being a writer. We were like, oh, shiny thing. Let's go there. <laughs> Very we true. Meander. We meander. Even, even the best planners meander. Um, I think we have time for one more question and then we'll have to wrap up for the day. Um, we talked, we touched about this a little bit at the, at the start, but a huge part of being a writer, whether you're indie, whether you're published, is the marketing factor mm-hmm. of a story. So it's not enough to just write it, get it edited. You've got to carve out the time to market it. Now, do you carve out a certain set amount of weeks that you market it? Or is it just a, I'll throw up a post when I think about it? How intentional are you, I guess? is How intentionally are you when you're marketing a release? Is it strategic or is it what I think about it. <laughs> um, I've gotten more intentional about it the longer I've been doing this. Yeah. Um, when I first when I first started publishing, I was with a publisher, and of course, they were very intentional about it. Then when I got my rights back, I kind of went, you know, winged it for you know a few releases, and I found I really didn't like that. Like, I mean, I. I was just, you know, I was figuring, oh, you know, well, I just kind of wing my, uh, I wing my writing, you know, not right, but you know, I'm, I'm a pantser. So I just kind of go with the flow and just put things out there, uh, as far as the writing goes. And then, you know, I, you know, it goes pretty well, you know, but, um, not so much for the marketing. I mean, they really, I've really, really plan and, my kind of sweet spot for that plan is uh, I found is about four months. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause by the time that four months gives you plenty of time to have it edited, to do your cover reveal, to get all of your ducks in a row for your, you know, your art team and your 
it's so much work, y'all. Your advertising and all that stuff. Yeah. There is a whole other side that that, uh, a reader might not have any idea about. But yeah, I would say probably four or five months is about how long you've got to start. You've got to start thinking about releasing a book that may not be back from the editor yet, that may not have a cover yet. You have to start thinking about what is your release plan going to be? What is your strategy going to be? You know, are you going to run ads? How much money are you going to set aside? How much money do you have to set aside? Yeah, there's a it's lot a of stuff. And, it's and it's re- a whole and and release days are huge portions of that. As you were saying earlier, you know, you, you work your way back. Well, yeah. I don't work my way back. I, I try to get the book done or close to done before I'm even, uh, I'm even looking at what my release day is, but then you have to, in this same time management situation, I have to go, okay, I've got, I want to release it in about four months. Yep. So what release day is going to be good because as you know, not all release days are created equal. You do <laughs> not want to, if for any, if any newbie authors are listening, do not release on a holiday. <gasps> Whatever you do. No, I don't do care not. if it's a Christmas book. Don't do it. On a don't do it. Yeah. That is, that is, but I mean, things like that where, you know, and, and there's certain holidays that even expand beyond the actual day itself. I mean, Thanksgiving, anytime literally that week of Thanksgiving, not a good day to release. Christmas, there's about two weeks in there. Don't release there. Nobody's thinking about books. Nobody's thinking about books at that point. Yeah. No, I mean, um, you know, there, there's just so much, so so many, so many little you know, little that you have to carve out time for. You can't just go, oh, my book is releasing tomorrow and not have had a plan in mind. You've got to plan for it. And that comes down to time. Manage. Yeah, it's important. It's an important part. Well, it really is. I think that uh, is uh, about all we have time for today. If you want to learn more about either of us or the other authors that are a part of our podcast, just go to boundbybookspodcast.com. You can find out more about all of us there and be sure to join us next week as we talk more about books and the things we love in Bound by Books. See you next time. Bye. Bye.